Well, it's a special episode, but no one's getting touched in the back of the bicycle shop tonight. You're listening to episode 45 of the AFB podcast for the week of Wednesday, the 2nd of January, 2013. I'm Scott, and with me right here in the room are... Ben. Eli. Andy. And... Justin. <laughs> <laughs> our show is brought to you by ShelfLife.net and ActionFigureBlues.com. This episode, we're all in the room together and we're taking a look back at the first year of the AFB podcast and discussing the year that was in 2012. is a first because we're actually looking at each other sitting around the room chatting so how are we all gentlemen this is the awkward bit where we all go great well done now i think i need to start by re-welcoming andy yeah, but it's like you know remember on happy days how they had the the brother that like took a basketball upstairs and never came back yeah. what, what was his name chuck andy's like andy's like the chuck I'm of the, the chuck, yeah yes. of the epic podcast love being referred to as chuck <laughs> so but we are really pleased to actually have you here with us andy back from college back from college back from college yes (laughs) that's right or from the war (laughs) or or from the war yeah I think I think maybe Chuck went to the war we don't talk about it no we don't don't, don't talk about the war (laughs) but how have you been Andy I've been well thank you mate good we're really pleased to see you now it just so happened that the group of us ended up here in Sydney at the same time and so we're sitting down to record minus obviously our good friends John and Adam so we wish them well hey hey guys hey. Hey. and uh, they're actually going to add their own little um, bit to the show so we'll hear from them later on as well with their highlights they did get invited though that's right they did get they did. invited yeah John John showed a desperate lack of commitment by not <laughs> flying over from Fort Wayne, Indiana to Australia just for these three you hours. I had enough days off this year to actually do it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm surprised. That's right. Um, so, how was our Christmas? Ben, how was your Christmas? Good. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It was, uh, it was just a few of us, so it was uh, good. I've eaten way too much trifle that any human can consume. Mm. And did you get any good goodies? I did, I did. From uh, a pop culture point of view, uh, I got my Hot Toys Bespin Luke Skywalker, which um, actually came three or four weeks ago, but immediately got squirreled away. Um, But one that was actually quite significant and it was kind of cool was um, back in Christmas 1980, I think, my mother gave me the 12-inch Star Wars IG-88 figure, which I still have today, and for Christmas 2012, my mother gave me the Sideshow Star Wars 12-inch IG-88. Very cool. So yeah, I'm going to try and take a photo of the two of them together, and it's amazing how far articulations come. (laughs) 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 The old one's pretty bad. (laughs) What about you, Eli? How was your Christmas? It was very good. Got the in-laws out here from, from Europe at the moment, and that's actually been pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're getting better um, I actually didn't get anything for pop culture perspective for Christmas this this year I um, aside from the various books that I buy myself leading up to it 
Um, but you know, living through my uh, my children, my my son picked up one of the um, new Lord of the Rings Lego sets. So that was fun seeing him put those together and seeing the the new bits that you get in there, the swords and rings and things like that. Very good. How did you get the mini computer? Yeah, that went really well, and uh, it was um, so the Raspberry Pi computer that we talked about um, a few weeks ago. He had no idea he was going to get it. Apparently, there was thousands of children all over the world who woke up to find one under the tree this year as well. And How did you hide it? <laughs> it, was, it was pretty tiny. Yes. <laughs> um, and no, it was good, and he actually took to it well, and he got stuck into it and started writing programs in two different languages. <laughs> so it was great. It's, and he's, he's, he has embraced it. Excellent. So this will be fun. The, and I also gave him, printed him out some um, instructions to build a Lego case out of it straight away so he could engage with it That's immediately. Cool. Cool. That was good. So you gave him a bit of a, a head start. Mm. Excellent. And Andy, what about your Christmas? Uh, pop culture-wise, it was a good Christmas, but um, we're down in Sydney, of course, visiting the in-laws. We do that every couple of years. That's about our tolerance <laughs> levels for coming down here and seeing the family. <laughs> but um, pop culture-wise, as I said, I, uh, my daughter gave me a couple of those Funko pop vinyl figures. She gave me uh, Leonidas and uh, Gandalf. They're really cool little figures. I know you guys have all seen them and they're addictive. Indulged. <laughs> these, these, I've got three now, and I think I'll stop there. But that was pretty good. And then I, I sort I of bet DVDs. I know who the third one is. Oh, mm. Go on, Robin. <laughs> it's yes, Robin's exactly. Robin. <laughs> no, um, but I, as far as cool presents went, my wife. Um, outdid herself this year. She's gotten me a ride in a stunt sock with camel. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to doing that. (laughs) That's a plane, by the way. Yes, yes, that is a plane. It's not a... uh, a uh, dromedary or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> or so. a, a giant cigarette. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. A stunt right, camel. So. A stunt <laughs> stun camel. So a camel. Yes, I'll be, doing that. I'll be doing that before I eat. But yes, looking forward Ooh. to it immensely. That's exciting. <laughs> and Justin? Uh, pop culture-wise, not much. My wife doesn't go in for that for uh, presents. But so I've received a new wallet and the collected works of David Bowie on... CD and a uh, few film clip, collected film clips as well. And it's quite interesting to watch from the start to the finish how he was a he was a god, and then he was trying to cash in on the '80s new wave sort of stuff. And he sort of at the end, it's it's a bit desperate uh, film clips and so forth. But it was a good surprise, and it's good to have that at our house uh, for the kids. Uh, it's all about the octonauts for my five-year-old son. So he got the bass and the whatever they are, little animals who rescue other animals under the water. So that's about it. All morning was set up putting up the big underwater base and living through his eyes for about half an hour or so. I don't know what octonauts are. They're this it's little a team of cute, safe cartoon. Yeah, that's thing. it. Exactly right. ABC style stuff. So yeah, very cool. And a bike. And he got a. Um, we know them as green machines, but uh, it was something different. It's a tricycle with the slide-out wheels at the at the base. So he was doing that all day. Christmas Day. Awesome. <laughs> well, we didn't really, because we're building a house, we didn't do presents for the adults. Um, I used Christmas money combined from a few different people to buy the Sideshow Joker that I talked about last week, but I still haven't opened it <laughs> yet. Um, but I get to live vicariously through my older daughter because she's the comic book fan, so I got her a few good Flash things and um, also got her, I think I mentioned on the podcast one week, um, I got a signed 
flash print by Frances Manipal. Oh, and yeah. so I got that, and it's not framed yet, but I, she was over the moon about that, so that we're going to get it framed. So that was very exciting and uh, had a good time. I got my sister here from the States, which is very – we're very fortunate. She's got a kind of job where she basically gets to come here every Christmas, so – it's all good. Well, we've got a bit of a different show tonight. We're not going to. We're going to stick with some of our usual segments, but rather than bring new things, we're going to look back at our first year as a show and what toy collecting was like in 2012, and give you some of our thoughts and favourites on the different segments. So, as usual, we'll get started with some articulated news. Armor up, Iron Man. Engage interlock mechanics. Armor up, War Machine. Hydro Armor Iron Man and action figures each sold separately. Normally in articulated news we are talking about the items that have come up during the week but what we're going to do for this segment is actually look back at the news items that we covered in 2012 and we're going to start by talking about the items that we think have been significant as far as the collecting industry goes and then we'll do a second round of the items that have personally meant something to us. And Ben, on the industry side, you're going to start us off. What's something that you reckon has been significant in the toy industry this year that we've reported? Uh, the one that stood out for me was Bridge Direct, who, uh, when we first announced that Bridge Direct had obtained the license for The Hobbit, we were all quite surprised because we hadn't heard of them. And I can remember us looking them up, and essentially the, the other items that they do aren't action figure related, so it was uh, quite a... A news story at the time, and I don't necessarily think that the Hobbit figures are anything new and exciting. It's just nice to see another company out there and entering the market and doing action figures, considering that, uh, you know, not that long ago we lost some big names in the industry, um, such as Palisades. Uh, and so given that we seem to be in a, at a time where a lot of companies are struggling, the fact that there is actually still room for some new companies to come in and, and do some things. So... He's hoping they'll be around for a while yet and, and will bring us more goods. Mm. Has anyone actually seen the Hobbit figures? Yes. 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 On the pegs. What do you think? Not too bad. I quite like them. They're not bad at all. I won't be collecting them, but yeah. No, <laughs> no I, I, I think they've uh, done the old Toy Biz ones justice. What's most remarkable about that is Bridge Direct, new company, their first action figure licence. They're in retail stores in Australia. Mm, yeah, start. We can't even get Hasbro and Mattel to get their stuff into retail That's stores right. in Australia. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them too, and I think they're a decent stab. I don't think mm. the likenesses are no. um, great, but in terms of... Uh, but the price point's pretty reasonable. Yeah, mass so, market, I think they've done Yeah, well. for mass market, you know, maybe there's scope for another company to come in and do a higher-end line that has got better likenesses, but it's certainly... You know, it's a good effort, and like you said, availability of the mass market in Australia is a huge plus. And they also got them into stores on time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Who else that's has right. Hobbit merchandise out there at mass mm. retail? Hmm. Yeah. No, that's fine. Why Hobbit point. merchandise out there at all? Yeah. So, Eli, what about you from an industry perspective? Um, well, Warner Brothers and Fox sorting out the 1966 um, Batman license has been pretty interesting this year and um, hopefully amongst other things we will see um, some official 
DVDs or Blu-rays of the TV series come out eventually. Um, but it also looks like um, Mattel has on the slate for 2013 has got some figures coming out. Mm. We don't really know what they are yet, but um, that's uh, potentially going to be exciting. I hope they do a good job of it. We wouldn't mm. want that to be a red card of, of the future. No. Being no, no, how it's been sure. this many years in the making. And it'll be interesting based on what we learned from talking to Randy Falk from NECA in regards to the um, what is the the, the likeness mm. rights of the various characters because he mentioned that for aliens they have everybody's likeness rights except for Sigourney Weaver. So it'll be interesting to see just what they have for I mean, you know, going back a long way. So maybe by default they have everybody, which would be great, but um, yeah, it would be interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely big news, it's, and you would hope that because of the amount of time that people have been anticipating it, that they will do it well. Mm. Yeah. It's a good opportunity because the Beware the Batman cartoon should be coming out in 2013 as well, so yeah. if they can sort of co-piggyback off each other to mm. get some um, good good product out there, that would be good. Excellent. Andy, what about you from industry significant news? Uh, one that's very exciting for me, and I know for Ben as well, is um, Hot Toys announced early in the year that they're uh, revisiting the Predator license and starting again, basically with um, the new body redesigns and... Um, they're going back to a lot of characters they've done before. They've already uh, solicited the uh, City Hunter Predator, which was due out December, but it's been pushed back to next February, which is fine. That's standard for hot toys. They always do that. <laughs> and they've just recently um, also resolicited the uh, the Scar Predator from Alien vs. Predators. He's, uh, for those who vaguely know him, that's, they're the heavily armoured predators from the later movies that have mixed reactions mm. um, but they've hinted at as well as the sixth scale they're all gonna, also going to do some quarter scale stuff mm. in this line um, the popular consensus that it'll be the Predator from the original movie plus probably Arnie so very exciting if you want a massive massive figure on your on your table that'd be but, awesome, um, quarter scale Arnie just running around the house going get to the job <laughs> 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 Yeah, well, I, the, the original Predators, they're nice and all. I, I'm not a big fan of them because they have massive heads and tiny body syndrome, mm. sort of like bobbleheads. But um, the newer yeah. ones, I really like the way they're sort of more in scale physically. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether this is because the, the secondary market demands such high prices for these, well, whether someone yeah, at Hot Toys has gone, well, let's try and get these out again because there's obviously demand for them and we can make money. So I know that recently I was surfing eBay and came across a, the original Scar Predator and someone was asking $750. Oh, so, you know, I'm jumping around there and going, in your face. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it is. It's a huge secondary market and I refuse to pay those prices that they're asking for. Mm. But uh, a more revamped version would make me a lot happier too. So that's been met with um, a huge positive response and it's good to see they're actually starting to solicit them already. So it's good to see them talking about it and actually doing something about it. Very good. Justin, what's your industry significant news? Well, I was just going to talk briefly about the uh, DC infinite crisis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> infernal crisis. Far out. Uh, I, I so. We've really contributed to mass confusion in the collecting <laughs> community as to what this damn thing is actually called. Signature series, how's that? Club Infinite Earths. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> Is that it? That's the sub, but the actual figures are signature. True, that's right. Yeah, True, they are. For some reason. Yeah. Not well, to be confused with the retail. Yeah. The line retail. Of the same 
something. Whatever something. that is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that uh, at the end of the year we saw that uh, we finally can have metal metal men together on the shelf, but we got clangers like uh, Rocket Red and Atrocitus along the way with no uh, grasping action for Eve Red Lantern. Uh, Which is not a euphemism. No, yeah. no, no, no. Poison Ivy painted green, which no one really wanted as a as a real not painted green, no, not painted green, green plastic. Yeah, um, but Very obvious. and then we only got half the reveals, and at the end of the year we got the other reveals that were coming out, and they sort of tailed in the year with a bit of redeeming features, I guess, to see the metal men on the shelf together was was nice for collectors. But uh, I can't go on too much more about Mattel because it's. Mm. It's quite um, heartbreaking in some in some aspects. Now, it's a roller coaster ride. It, it is. is a roller coaster ride. They it definitely, um, I think, dominated a lot of news and discussion in our community, not just at our forum, but um, across forums. And it almost feels like it's just time to move on from it, doesn't it? Yeah, you get that it, feeling. I wonder if it's taken up nearly as much news as when it was all coming thick and fast, and everybody was pretty pretty happy. Hmm. Yeah. As now, when you we're only seeing one or two figures a month. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I think something that's significant for the industry this year has been DC Direct rebranding as DC Collectibles, um, which I think it's still to be seen whether or not it's ultimately a good thing or a bad thing. But um, to me, it was good news to start with because there was a lot of speculation that DC was going to get out of the uh, Collectibles side altogether. Most people were anticipating that the announcement was going to be DC Direct is no more. Mm. Um, so the fact that they decided to continue um, with producing statues with figures, you know, is a a good thing. Um, obviously, the bulk of what we're seeing in terms of the output is New Fifty Two based, and so I guess it's a good thing if you're a New Fifty Two fan. Um, but if you are a, a classic DC fan, um, there's a pretty big uh, Void now, mm. um, in terms of that stuff, which hopefully places like Sideshow etc. are going to pick up. Um, but they've kept their output up. You know, the, to me, the star has been the Batman Black and White line. That's the one kind of classic um, line that's still out there. And whatever you think of the New Fifty Two designs, they certainly are supporting them with collectibles. We're getting figures. We're getting statues and busts. You know, whether, get, whether we want them or not. Whether we want them or not. <laughs> you know, what, what you think of them is a separate issue to just it's significant that they are keeping going and i guess if um if they do sell well then the chance that they may uh, they are doing some interesting revisiting of things like some of the dark knight returns stuff that you know beginning statues they reissued the um figures as um a four pack mm-hmm. um so we're seeing some classic stuff and maybe they'll come back and do some more so i'm gonna i'm gonna put a slightly positive hopeful sign on that at least they're still going and they're doing things like art prints as well now which hmm. is which is interesting yeah getting onto that sort of retro styling um art works um don't know how it's going sales wise because i don't know anybody who actually owns one no <laughs> <laughs> well i guess it's a limited market isn't it mm. but just the fact that they're still there I'm, you know, i think ultimately that's positive for now the other thing I think that's been significant to the industry this year has been just the number of related licenses that Lego has taken up. You know, I'm not a 
a Lego person by history, but I can see myself starting to be drawn in just by um, the number of different properties that they are picking up. And, you know, they've got a Marvel license, they have a DC license, they're picking up licenses for all the different films that are coming out at the moment. I bought a Hobbit set. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. So, you know, to me that's something that I think we will... I have a feeling we're going to be talking more and more about um, in the year to come is what Lego is doing. So good for them as well. Yep. It also sounds like from some of the reveals that we've heard that they're actually going to start trying to keep pace with the properties as they come out. Like, a, you know, getting Marvel and DCs are given. The, those properties have been around for years. But, you know, we've seen, um, obviously, there's the Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the Rings. The Rings. That's, that's, that's the prequel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there was the tease about the, the Lone Ranger. Yeah. which will tie yeah. into Johnny Depp's new film. But So just being able to, to keep pace with the now rather than just picking up licences from the past. Yeah. Mm. No, good, good thing to keep an eye on. Mm. Okay. So now moving on to the news that personally, you know, it may not be industry significant, but to us it's a big deal because it means something to you as a collector. Ben, what's that bit of news for you from this year? Oh, there's quite a few, actually. Uh, I've been really pleased with the way NECA are approaching the Alien and Predator licences, uh, particularly now that Predators uh, is up to Series 8, but they've just announced Alien Series 1, which includes for the first time the Colonial Marines. So getting Hicks and Hudson and the promise of further Colonial Marines if these ones actually sell well. Um, also, you know, credit to NECA for thinking outside the box with the inclusion of uh, Big Red, um, the Predator in, in Series 8, which was from the fan film. Uh, I thought it was a, just a great, great uh, score. It was well put together. Um, on the not-so-positive side... Um, I thought the cover girls of the DC Universe statue line was possibly the most faultless statue line that, that has been uh, produced to date. Like, every one of them was gorgeous based on Adam Hughes' artwork. And so I'd just like to say a big personal fuck you to DC Collectibles for killing that line because <laughs> uh, I really was enjoying them. I picked them all up except Armored Wonder Woman because I had the first Wonder Woman. Um, and I was looking forward to, to seeing those, you know, there was still some, some well, probably good B-list characters to do yet, like the Huntress, uh, and obviously people like Jade and, and Vixen, etc., and uh, Donna Troy, and we just never got those. And then we got the DC New launch, which basically put an end because the first thing they did was started to redo characters that they've already done. So, You know, my biggest gripe with that, is not necessarily... Oh, God, they... we're not going to have to hear about Batgirl again, are we? No, 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 no. Is that the, not that they did the New 52 designs, because, I mean, that's fair enough, but to me, they are really bad. They're not good. Well, we've just we've just seen them in person mm. um, here at King's Comics in Sydney, and they're dogs of statues, I'm sorry. Mm. They, you know, they're mannish and, and... And badly designed. They're, they are. To me, they're, they're, they're just badly... Um, posed, uh, I don't like them. And it seems like the companies in China that are actually producing these items uh, are under pressure um, to to meet sort of a, a dollar limit or a, a production deadline or something like that. And I think Gertie's producing their worst products to date because the paint's off. Uh, it's they're just they're not good at all. Mm. I don't know about the paint. I don't. I mean. Well, if you saw Michael Crawford's review of um, uh, of Wonder Woman, okay, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty ordinary. Yeah, 
Okay, so that's a an upper and a downer for you from the year. That's right. Okay. Eli, you're all about uppers. <laughs> <laughs> the light and sunshine of the podcast. No, we're talking about that, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, this is actually an intervention. We're not recording it all. It's, um, yeah. um, kind of industry-related um, sideshow getting the DC licence, um, starting to put out some stuff. It was pretty interesting for me. I've mentioned a few times... Um, We've talked. We've all talked about it. Um, one of the missing characters from the sort of the high end format out of the DC um, universe being Firestorm. No bus, no statue, no thirteen inch DC figure, or any of that. So there's a little bit of a ray of hope there. However, that sort of seems to be um, diminishing as we're not seeing much coming out of that. But I think overall, I'm I'm actually um, for me um, there's have actually been paying attention to a lot of them, the premium format type of, not premium format, but the, the higher end um, offerings out there. So like Hot Toys, you know, we've seen the the Bespin Luke Skywalker figure that everybody's acquiring but me, <laughs> even, even though I did put a, um, a stray bid on one on eBay a couple of weeks ago. Um, Andy doesn't have one yet, do you? No, no, no. I don't. It's very nice. What, what, watch this space. What, watch this space. No, we should have all brought out with, with us. <laughs> um, Medicoms, um, um, Hush, Batman, and Joker figures that we saw previewed earlier this year. That was they, they were really nice looking figures. So I'm actually starting to um, think about maybe their that I'm, I am going to have to actually cave at some stage and, and get, get something at that end of the market. I mean, I'm buying less action figures anyway, so it's not really um, uh, an, an either-or for me. Mm. Those Metacom figures are nicer in person than I thought they were going to be. Oh, actually, yeah, well, we saw them today. We saw them as today. Well. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to be sneaking in. They're just sort of slowly just making their, their way into the market and, and picking up where some others have left off. Mm. Well, at the, I mean, at the moment... We, we sideshows DC 12 inch figures are coming mm. um, but there has been a bit of a gap there so I guess if they go the more artist specific if Metacom's doing something specific to a storyline or an artist there's a space there for it yeah I guess the the overall thing the worry for me with Firestorm is that we'll just get a version that I don't want if I do get you know if they finally do do a bust or a statue or, or a higher end figure that it's not going to be the one that I want but I'll have to buy it anyway <laughs> And just see those sideshow twelve-inch ones. They do, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Deathstorm. No. <laughs> that's not his own. Yeah, that's, that's still a sore point. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> move on. Nothing to see here. He's within arm's reach. Watch him, <laughs> Andy. What about you? Uh, yes. Well, speaking of um, the '66 Batman license um, at Comic Con this year, they previewed the. Uh, the 66 Batmobile in 1.6 scale. And um, I think I peed a bit when I saw it. <laughs> That's just because yeah. you're getting old, man. That, well, That's not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's sort of a... That's a dream come true of uh, all my collecting. One thing I'm very, very passionate about is Batmobiles. And to have a uh, 6 scale 66 is going to be massive. That, that's great Keep for radio, Eli. We're doing some fish tails here. It's, Eli's it's, estimating it's the about this big. It's about this big, yeah, everyone. That's right. It's yeah. going to be huge. But um, 
I'm I, sure I, it's going to be a huge price tag too. Oh but yeah. But I, I think I, I think I've come up with a way for you to justify it because you know how you often need just like a 12 inch figure or a statue. It's yeah. hard to find somewhere to put it. Yeah. I actually thought if you got like a custom coffee table made mm. that was like a glass mm-hmm. box, you know, I've wooden, seen that wooden borders with the tumbler actually, and then you just that. stick it inside that. Mm. I that I mean, awesome. That's the only unless you've got you know a house to display things in. That's probably the only way to have it on display. It's a bit like that. Yeah. Well, I've kind of worked out an area where I could put it. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, then will become the inevitable uh, Adam West and Burt Ward, Batman and Robin, to sit in it. So, could you see Eddie sweeping all the family photo albums yeah, on the top right. of the cafe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, do we really need that? Kids, kids. They're moving in with the other kid now. <laughs> that's right, that's right. It's coming, but uh, yeah, so very exciting, very scary. So, mm. we haven't seen a price tag on it yet. Mm. But. but that license, like the, that Hot Toys license, is a bit like Star Wars for me in that. You know, it's a limited thing. You know, Hot Toys is only going to do the main characters of Star Wars. Yeah. If they do characters from the Batman TV series, there's only a limited number. You could kind of go into that and know you're not stuck in it for life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, well, I, I, I personally wouldn't go any further. I mean, I haven't committed to it yet anyway because <laughs> it hasn't been solicited, but uh, I'm going to find it hard to resist. I'll probably be paying it off somehow. But um, I wouldn't go. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be going further than Batman and Robin to go with the car anyway. So, but I think it's one that's that even if you were barely borderline, you should still consider because that sucker once it's been and gone, yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll pay an back. absolute mint for it on the secondary market. Oh yeah. And yeah, but you mentioned the Hot Toys Star Wars before, and that's right. Scott said that you know they're just going to make the main characters. Well, are you convinced of that? <laughs> well, I mean, really, the other thing is, as far as paying for it goes, I mean, we all have internal negotiations when we're looking at buying something. But I'm the same as Eli. I'm not buying action figures anymore. There's nothing out there I want. So, mm. you know, I can sort of justify making just a few purchases in the year, big purchases, rather than your monthly little fix of figures. So. I guess it all works out in the end in our heads anyway. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that's the one that got me excited. What got you excited this year, Justin? Well, (laughs) action figure-wise. I mean, wise (laughs) yeah. In the wash-up, that was Masters of the Universe with a thermometer going online and will they or won't they for 2014. uh, I sort of forgot about how good the uh, Wind Raider that came out in the Masters of the Universe line actually was. Um, It's was more than a nod to the original uh, vehicle, had working winch and uh, beautiful wings, beautiful details, raised details all through the uh, structure of the actual uh, vehicle itself. Um, it has a, uh, actually a firing mechanism, mechanism as well. Um, the only downside's for one figure, but it's, when it came, it was uh, came in a beautiful package box and the artwork was done by Rudy Abrero, who did the original paintings for the original Masters of the Universe uh, box art back in the 80s, which was uh, a nice little add-in. Um, apart from that, it's been the Lego minifigures. They keep churning along. We've seen the um, pictures that came out last week. We're getting a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in half transformation. And when they come up to Series 10, like I've mentioned before, it'll be up to uh, 160 minifigures that have been released so far in a space of two years. So they keep churning along. We're... Beat that Mattel and Hasbro. That's it. That's right. <laughs> Hardly any marketing, uh, blind packaging as well. So that's right. Yeah. 
It's a very impressive. The, the whole blind package thing's really taking off, I think. Yeah, well, Playmobil are doing it. Yes. Little, those mushy monster things, if your kids are into those, they're coming Mega out blocks. now as well. Mega blocks. Yeah, Mega yeah. blocks. Mm. And they're subtly done too, because if you walk into the Lego area, you often find the little sort of dump bin of them, but then you also find them at the counter yeah. at uh, Toys R Us and things like that. So they're always positioned quite neatly. And they've just yeah. started to make it into supermarkets as well. They're into mm. Coles around my area that I've noticed and Bilo, which is the same company, but widespread um, distrib- uh, distributed throughout everywhere. And I think I was uh, at a big W where instead of having, say, two or three of the little sort of cartons of blind packed figures, they'd created a dump bin in the middle of the aisle and they'd yeah. literally just upended 40 boxes and it was just <laughs> a giant box of... Of Lego minifigures, it was you couldn't miss it. No, that's pretty cool. I think they have one of those two on the floor at Minotaur in Melbourne. Not deliberate though. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is that if you want to go and buy something, you can. You know, yeah. that's that's a bonus in retail in Australia at the moment. Well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Anything else from you? That's about it. Okay. For me, I think there's there's two companies that. I think have really picked up their game this year and done a great job. First being Bowen, um, obviously that that's the main bit of my collection now, and I'm a big fan. But their output this year has been, I think it's been their biggest year yet, um, both in terms of just the number of statues, but also um, they're moving on to doing some really interesting action statues for some of the characters that they've visited a number of times um, and uh, have done a really good job of maintaining busts. There was a a fear at the beginning of the year that the busts were kind of dying off, but um, they've ended the year really strongly with a number of, you know, great pieces, maybe not quite as many busts as many busts as they have done, but a number of great busts like the Hydro Man bust, which I think is just sensational. Um, the Maestro Hulk has just come out as well, which is a, a great bust. So um, there was characters that they've done that obviously wouldn't translate to a life-size, uh, sorry, to a full statue that um, seemed to have done quite well as a bust, like Groot. Yes, Yep, I mean, that, and that's going to be huge. Mm. The group is going to be huge. Um, so th- they seem to be doing a few different things, um, you know, still kind of churning out the the museum-style statues that, that collectors want, but then they're also trying some different things in terms of oversized busts, like the Eternity um, bust and um, and Groot that you mentioned. Certo. Yes, and then there's a number of the, of the action statues, um, the Spidey, Thor, there's a Hulk coming out as well that I'm pretty excited about. So I think they've just done a great job this year with um, that. And I think Marvel Select as well have really, um, you know, they're not one to put out stacks of figures, um, but one of the things I really appreciated about what they're doing at the moment is following kind of a line of characters so like the classic x-men um because you feel like you're actually collecting a group of mm. uh, of characters so you know we've seen cyclops colossus storm nightcrawlers coming so there's a kind of a sense of cohesion to what's happening there as well as the movie figures so that's been some good news from my perspective that i'm enjoying collecting yeah, and for, as a Marvel Legends collector, I don't collect Marvel Select normally, but some of their oversized figures have just been fantastic opportunities to add a really good version of a character like Juggernaut. I'm really keen for uh, the Rhino. Hmm. So, 
One thing that we haven't talked about is the return of Marvel Legends. Where does that fit in for you as the big Marvel Legends collector? Uh, it means I've got a lot to do in my customising uh, list <laughs> because um, I was really excited first. It was one of the things I always used to bitch about on the online forums as opposed to the non-online forums. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those offline forums. I was always complaining about Yeah, they're about called them. toilet walls. That's, That's right. So yeah. <laughs> and I go by the handle. Uh, no, no, anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> for a good time... Oh, no, oh, God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, when Marvel Universe was quite prolific and Marvel Legends was absent completely, uh, I was always calling for the return of Marvel Legends and then they announced they were coming back and that was huge for me because it was an opportunity to do Marvel 6-inch, which uh, my preference, um, but I think it's been pretty lukewarm so far. Uh, I think I think that was the, the line that finally drew me into that realisation that... I was no longer a collector getting excited about action figures. I was just a consumer that would have to fall in with what the big companies mm. were trying to do. I mean, those companies are there to make money. Um, and so, of course, they're going to do, you know, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Wolverine to death at the expense of, you know, Fire Lord or the Enchantress because those characters don't make them money and that's what it's all about. Uh, it's, it's about making money and, um, you know, it's like those people who are still waiting on their crazy quilt in DC Universe collectibles and um, just, you know, keep on waiting. So I think for me I'll... I'll try and cherry pick um, my guess is very good to us for, for cherry picking the line and I'll just keep customising okay well I think that's a pretty comprehensive wrap up of the news from 2012 uh, we'll be right back in a moment with the next instalment of everybody's favourite podcast game Name That Hey everybody, Engineer Nerd here with the latest installment of Name That. Um, happy holidays to everybody, and um, last week we had a sound that sounded something like... With battery-powered four-wheel drive, you can tackle almost any hill, almost any surface, because four-wheel drive provides power. And this is one of those boys' toys that every boy wanted, but very few that I knew had, uh, mainly because they wanted action figures more. Um, and that was a Stomper 4x4. Um, if you remember these, they were bigger than Matchbox cars. You put a battery in them, and they would drive all over the place and, you know, have big foam tires on them. Uh, good memories. I didn't get one till much later in life. Moving on from that to this week's sound is one of my favorite all-time Christmas toys that I ever got. I don't know how many of you remember this one, but uh, it brought back a lot of memories for me trying to find this. And here we go. Thank you for turning me on. One more time. Thank you for turning me on. As always, if you got any guests, head on over to the AFB forum and leave a guest there and come play the picture version of this at tvandfilmtoys.com. As a special treat, we have this week's secret message. Set your decoder ring to B6, and tonight's numbers are 23, 13, 18, 11, 
25, 20, 5, 24, 5, 10, 6, 10, 19, 22, 25, 17, 7, 19, and 17. Good luck and have fun decoding. Skeletor, Spike Gore, and He-Man figures each sold separately. Spike No one can stop the spike-studded armor of the mighty Spike Gore. Not even me, you muscle-bound porcupine. Not even you, He-Man. Spike is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. Well, normally in Feeding the Addiction, we're talking about the new things that we got between this episode and the last, but for this year in review segment, we're going to look back at our favorite acquisitions throughout the year, as Andy said, the addiction fed. So, Ben, what items fed your addiction the best this year? My... Most adequately fed. Most adequately fed. <laughs> Um, well, we've talked about Holy Grails in the past, and we've also talked about watching the, the watch list. Uh, so one of the big ones for me was finally obtaining the Emma Frost comicette from Sideshow. Uh, I had the other Adam Hughes-inspired girls from from that uh, line, and Emma Frost was the first one. Went for a rather large sums on the secondary market, and I just happened to finally score one from a, an Australian seller, so I paid very little in my shipping. So that was a really uh, a big deal. It means I can stop searching for that. I can stop bemoaning the uh, the asking price that um, the Americans are asking for on eBay. So that was pretty cool. Um, there's certainly some, some other things that stand out, things like the Sideshow Premium Format Colossus, um, there was a lot of discussion about his costume, the cloth costume, and whether it looked right. But uh, in person, it is a phenomenal piece, and it's it's possibly the biggest statue I own as well because it, because it is quarter scale. Um, it's it's well over two feet tall. It's it's huge. Um, so that that was just really was far above my expectations. That piece, and I'm, hmm. I'm glad I got it now. Uh, I'm sure there was others, but. Just can't think of them right now. Well, it's a, a pretty healthy start. <laughs> Expensive start. <laughs> Eli, what about you? Uh, not much in the way of figures really did much for me. I picked up a few things during the during the year, but I think the, what um, I picked up a lot of back issues for a little project I'm working on for one of my custom bindings for um, comics cover dated from the uh, month of my birth. And I've managed to um, pull all those together, some nice ones in there. Um, so that'll be a project for 2013. I actually put that together before my milestone birthday coming up. <laughs> um, probably the, the the most adequately fed acquisition <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the year has definitely been um, the, the Jonathan Case commission sketch. I got my Firestorm um, first piece of original art. Um, and uh, I took the advice that a few people had said is you know, make sure if you're going to get something that it's something you really want, not settle for something that's maybe by a, an artist you like or a character you might like, but actually get something you really want. And I did, and really happy with that, and obviously now I've put the toes in the market. But um, it was a great experience from start to finish. And it's the a beautiful piece. Was great, so. It's beautiful. And, and, and my wife let me have it uh, framed up in the lounge room. So. Well, 
Impressive. <laughs> that, that is impressive. <laughs> Making inroads. <laughs> What's next? An actual toy out there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Excellent. Well, that's, that's a pretty good one. Andy, what about you? Oh, well, I'm going against the grain here. <laughs> Mine's not even comic-related. My, uh, my favourite comes from a little company called Caustic Plastic, which is uh, uh, one of the newer companies to the market. It's an Italian-based six-scale figure company, um, and their focus is ancient Rome. They've done a couple of gladiators, but this year they released a Roman legionary from the uh, famous 14th Legion. But that was the Roman legion that defeated the Boudicca in England. 10,000 Romans against 230,000 uh, assorted Celts and Picts and what have you, and they defeated them. Um, um, Caustic Plastic, they, they, they are very impressive. This figure I cannot rave enough about. He's, um, most of the armor is um, die-cast metal. Um, the actual, all the hinges and everything are actual little metal working hinges, real rivets. Um, the weapons are metal. Um, the shield's plastic, but you cannot tell. Um, beautifully finished. Um, they've researched these figures deeply, and really it was uh, well worth the effort. Um, very cheap, only 120 25 US for a figure that's worth three times that. Wow. Um, and I'm going to be buying more from them in the future, so... Uh, big nod to Caustic. If you want to send me any of your future figures to review before you release them, I'd be quite happy to do it for you. Um, but yeah, no, that was, that was that was my pleasant acquisition of the year. Um, I'm a bit of an ancient Rome buff, so to get a figure like this was a real bonus for me. So that would be my ultimate of the year. Very good. Excellent. And Mr. Justin, uh, with me, you've you've heard over the weeks my uh, my love of uh, Defenders back issues. I've just been. Uh, going back and collecting quite a few of them. Um, there's only a few issues left now that are uh, outstanding. I like how you and actually said my quest for Defenders back issue. You know, <laughs> you know, I wonder how many people are actually like, he's actually said the title for yeah, the first yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because I own all of them, so it's, it's fine. Near um, near. <laughs> the addiction has been failed. Yeah, just with an up and down year, sort of with uh, action figure collecting, it's it's been great to fall back into... Um, to back issues just to appreciate the artwork and the latter bonuses looking at the um, ads that are quite funny and hysterical as you go through. <laughs> Apparently, if you lift weights for three weeks, you can kick sand in a bully's face at the beach. So, yeah. Yeah. to uh, send some of those coupons on, see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, Foot Locker full of soldiers, and the Foot Locker only measures half a foot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really tiny feet. 500 piece <laughs> army man. And they did Roman Legion in one, too. They did, yeah. they did. The Most chariots and. Yeah. My, my mum would never let me order any of that stuff. I was always very disappointed. I always wanted the sea monkeys. Ah. Do you remember if you sold enough, was it Sprint magazine or something like that? You <laughs> it was a grit. 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 Yeah, and you could actually grit. buy yourself a bike if you yeah. sold enough issues. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's about it for me. Okay, no. <laughs> what are we talking? What show is this again? Um, if I had to pick a piece this year that was the standout, it would have to be the Bowen um, Action Thor, the Spinning Hammer piece. That is. Um, something that you know it's a real piece of art it's huge it takes up a lot of space I still haven't actually got my display sorted properly for it to work but I really love it and it's the kind of piece that you can show 
people that don't understand what we're into at all and they can appreciate it um, because it, it really is spectacular. But then I'd also have to put the Hot Toys Best Ben Luke up there as well. In a year where I said no more Marvel Hot Toys and sold all my Marvel Hot Toys, um, unboxing that figure and photographing it I think was my definite geeking out moment of the year. I can't remember the last time I was that excited you know, um, about a toy. So I'd have to put that up there as well as extremely cool. And you've got a lot of time to get excited about the next one. That's right. Mm. <laughs> so Hot Toys, you can start playing another one now. That would be great. Uh, but, you know, it's the kind of thing that it's such a comprehensive piece on its own. It doesn't, even if, you know, you never get anything else, which would be disappointing, but it still it just stands on its own as something that you'd keep in your collection. You know, some lines, if they died, you'd think, well, I'm not keeping that because it's not complete, but it's such a complete toy in and of itself. It's, it is awesome. Cool. Any other acquisitions anyone wants to praise or rave about? No. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had um, a list. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking no. No? Okay. <laughs> That's right. If only we had a list. Very good. One of my favourites that I didn't get that Scott did has to be the Hawkeye nude variant statue. Oh, far out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the script bomb lives on... <laughs> all right well we will be right back in a moment with some of our favorite red cards from the year that was what is this bizarro world well red carded is the little segment that could from a, a random idea when we were trying to put this show together it has turned into one of the, if not the most popular segment of our show that people continually comment on. Um, It's just our little way of sometimes poking fun at uh, silly stuff that's out there, bad decisions, weird eBay things, whatever, but we have just as much fun researching stuff for it as you do listening to it, and we couldn't go past a year in review without talking about our favorites. So, Ben, as the, the father of the red card... What was your favourite red card from this year? I was going to say, rather than just say that it was just some random idea, I was just going to say it was a brilliant random idea. But moving right on. Whatever, I said it was great. Inspired. Hands down, and I actually can't even remember how I found it, like what search terms I was using on eBay to, to actually come up with this. I think it was life, uh, it was Sideshow Statue or something. Um, so for me, my favourite was definitely the life-size red skull that someone had put together um, because what he had actually, in effect, done was used a mannequin to create a life-size Nazi um, full, in full sort of SS-style regalia with the swastika armband, absolutely everything, but he replaced the head with a skull that he, like a, that he appropriated from somewhere and then simply painted it red. Um, and so it didn't even have the eyes in it. It was just a skull painted red. And somehow it went from this Nazi propaganda piece to being a much-wanted uh, piece of pop culture memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 really, no, no I'm not. <laughs> did, it, did it sell? Do we know if it ever... Uh, I doubt it. Mm. I doubt it. He, he really said it a few times. I think it started at about $800, and it just kept coming down, coming down, and then someone's probably clued him into just... 
you know, <laughs> it's not not quite the uh, the market that he was aiming for, and unless they'd heard from you know the FBI or something like that. Um, yeah. It's funny because um, normally they're pretty strict on anything with the swastika on it or mm. any of that sort of stuff. So it's <laughs> funny he got away with it for as long as he did. Yes, so I think that was that was definitely my big fail for, for the year. Excellent, Eli. What about you? Um, couple of hilarious ones, I guess. Um, things with extremely long names. <laughs> uh, the Okusatsu Special Edition Ultraman Battle Ultra Metron Fish Monster Figure. That's <laughs> right. It was it was hilarious. It's some sort of Japanese diecast figure based on. Um, I think uh, Okusatsu is the generic name for those live-action monster TV shows, like Godzilla type of thing. Um, but that particular fish monster was hilarious. The, the funny thing about that for me was that we thought it had to be like a joke, mm. and it turned out to be real. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there was a heap of other related um, properties that were equally as dodgy looking. But you know, I was tempted to buy it, but... Um, yeah, there are better things in life to do than buy that stuff. <laughs> um, the the recurring joke of the um, Superpowers Firestorm figure that um, AFA 20 graded, as in poor, the fire-damaged Firestorm. Uh, that one's great, and, and just checking it today, um, it's gone up in price now again for a buy it now. It's now at just almost $800 if you want that <laughs> treasure in your... I, I think we should think seriously about raising the money to take that off the market. <laughs> How could you raise that much money and then not, like, donate it to starving orphans instead of, like, <laughs> up the fire to swim figure? I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe we could do him a deal. We'll pay him $800 if he gives most of that money to a charity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one. Very good. Thank you for bringing those this year. That was good. Andy, what about yours? Mine's a bit more of a angry one than <laughs> angry firestorm. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Mattel teasing us with the um, completing the Young Justice line with Miss Martian oh. and uh, doing the old thermometer trick and get enough sales, we'll do it routine, and then promptly pulling it from under us yet again. So. It was, it was a bit of an ugly scene. The mood's gone down in the room already. You should see the long faces on them all here. <laughs> but they must have really, really underperformed with that thermometer because we've seen so many times well, the thermometer doesn't reach the limit and they do the... Does anyone believe we in love the thermometer? You so much. Well, no, but I don't believe in the thermometer. They can't Normally the thermometer doesn't hit <laughs> the target they need, but then they do the whole, we didn't get to the limit that we wanted, but we love you guys so much, we'll do it anyway. Oh, yeah. So we must have been seriously seriously boy well, that. I think one of the main issues was it was it was fifty dollars for two figures mm. plus shipping. And really, you know, that's pretty extortionate. Just for people who are desperate to finish and basically Miss Martian was a repainted figure with another head. Yeah. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of effort there. I I think the other thing that probably did that in two is that they went with the series two animated costume yeah. as opposed to her classic costume. Mm, that's right. I think even if you know, even if they'd gone with her classic well, classic, she's a modern character, but like you yeah. know, her her, yeah, her comic based costume, yes. then, you know, that would have yeah. drawn some more people in. That's right. Um, but it was just a weird 
a weird decision. I, I, I wonder if she'll turn up as a club... Oh, God, I can't even say the damn thing right now. Club Infinite Earths. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Well-deserved red card, that one. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Sir Justin. Okay. Mine was at the start of the year once again. The pitchforks were out for Mattel again because of uh, they released a Atrocitus with two fists. The only problem is they gave him a red lantern to hold. Um, they learnt from their backlash with that later on the year when Mirror Master came out with two clenched fists, but they gave him two guns, and somehow they were able to fix that in the production along the way, but they couldn't uh, fix Atrocitus up, and I think Four Horsemen got the blame for that oh, yeah. as it went along. It was a design aspect rather than anything to do with Mattel. Yeah. So that was basically one of the first red cards, I think. I wonder if it's part of deserved. the Four Horsemen's contract with Mattel that we will throw you under the bus whenever oh, yeah. the fans are unhappy. Is that, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah, to say something like that as a four horsemen design decision doesn't give them a lot of credit, does it? No. Well, lucky the four horsemen don't have access to the internet at all, so maybe it's we right. found out about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I can get really angry over something like that. <laughs> Phew. True. And uh, just to move away from Mattel in a moment, let's stick with Mattel. <laughs> um, I think you know, it's, it's probably fairly representative of... Our, we moved away from Mattel in the later red cards, but they definitely got a few. But you know, one that still has resonance with me is the red card that we gave to um, Mattel's Toy Guru, um, a.k.a. Scott Neatlick, for his um, videos... Um, there was the whiny pleading videos about begging people to um, buy the sub. That's what the red card was for, I think. And we said, please don't make yeah. any more. But he didn't listen, and he made more whiny pleading videos about begging people to buy Castle Grayskull. And there was something other. I can't even watch them anymore. Um, but that, that to me, is a, a stinker from the year. Uh, he's, I'm sure he's got lots of strengths, but... A video personality is not one of them. So and clearly, Mattel they obviously negotiated for the DC license, and and they were granted the DC license for probably a, an obscene amount of money. But obviously, in the contract, that's where the buck stopped because okay. we've asked repeatedly why DC haven't committed to helping promote the product by advertising the subs or, or even just the waves of DC Universe classics in their comics. So you can only assume that DC got their money from Mattel and then it's like, well, sorry, uh, we've got our bit. We don't yeah. give a crap if you want to advertise in our comics, then pay the usual rate. Hmm. Yeah. So, it's yes. interesting because DC are really actively advertising their collectible stuff. Yes. Yeah. Creating little seams with the, the Justice League figures. Hmm. I suppose that's, you know, that's where they're. I, I, I think that's probably fair enough to say to Mattel, well, that it's your job. If you want to advertise it, you pay. Mm. Yes. And Mattel's a bigger company than DC. Mm. I mean, right. Warner Brothers is bigger than Mattel, I would think, but, yeah. but DC is not that big in comparison. Yeah. But remember that all these toys. You know, and the Masters of the Universe toys as well. They don't have to make them. They don't make any money. They're just a love letter to yeah. their fans. Mm. Well, the thing about Masters, they don't have to pay anyone anything. That's an in-house brand. Yeah. That's that's all them. But yeah. I think it's time to put Return to Sender on that love letter. 
<laughs> anyway, let's Stop not Stop making shitty Masters of the Universe comics. <laughs> <laughs> let's not turn this into a, a bigger Mattel bitch session than, yeah. than 2012 has been. Have they, has Mattel done much good to us this year? There's been a couple of figures. So the Metal Men we talked about. Yeah. Masters That's of the bit, Universe yeah. has been oh, churning out. So Elastigirl. We got Fisto, you know, that was a highlight in yep. figure form. Yep. Wind Raider that I mentioned before. We got Granomir at the end of the year. This is a dragon. But Ram Man's coming. Ram Man's coming. Yeah. I, think, I think Ram Man was one of those Gs we really have to milk that. Yeah, we, we really have to make sure that we need to get fans on side. Yeah. Um, we're losing them. We're going to lose them. We need to give them something to bring them back. Yeah, hold. I think they held that one up their sleeve for as long as they possibly could. Yes, mm. yes. All right. Well, here's two more red cards to come. I mean, it'd be nice if there was nothing red cardable out there, but also it'd be very boring. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's another rich year of red cards ahead. And we'll be right back with a wrap up of the year in general before we say goodbye. Dragon Ball Z: The Saga continues. Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks' Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the fight. But wait, it's Evil Freeza! The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of their life, but you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it, each sold separately. Before we wrap things up for our 2012 in review, I'm just going to go around the literal table and ask you for just your highlight of the year in terms of the podcast. It's been a big year for AFB, um, huge change in what our community is about. So what has been the highlight of this experience um, this year for you, Ben, besides getting to spend more time with me? Well, that's right. In, yeah. in the flesh. Yeah. Uh, probably a couple. Uh, from the actual pop culture side, I think talking to Randy Falk, the product director of NECA, was really, really interesting just getting some of the insight into the, the inner workings of how action figures are produced and the licenses that are obtained. Um, I just think he, he was just so open and enthusiastic. At, at no time did he seem like he wanted to wrap it up. He chatted to us for about an hour and a half. Uh, and it, was, it was a lot of fun. He's a really nice guy. Um, but I think as far as some of the highlights, when we interviewed our first guest and, and we thought it was quite hysterical that there was a, an annoying background sound which we hoped wouldn't be audible in the podcast, but what we didn't realise at the time is it was uh, the start of a, a waterfall where <laughs> every subsequent guest had some kind of obnoxious sound in the background. <laughs> and it, just, it, was just, it was from one, one thing to another to another. I mean, at first it was, you know, there's children and birds and toys and smoke alarms, you name it. And yeah. To the point where when we had, oh, I can't remember who the last guest was, we actually asked them if they had any annoying sounds that, that <laughs> Do you might have get... birds yeah. or children? <laughs> Fire or... alarms. If you're going to play with a figure, please don't play with one that can actually transform because we can hear it transforming. <laughs> Are you next to a train line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but oh, to be fair, good. all those um, guests took a lot of time out of their days. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. And, and if they're not recording regularly, they're not thinking up those things either. Mm. And, um, but I think it, the it shows the quality of the discussions that you notice them, but none of them were in, really in any way detracted by the, you know, those noises. But it was a funny, it was. more an in-joke yeah. for us, really. 
<laughs> what about you, Eli? Your highlights of the year podcasting-wise? Uh, again, the, the industry insight we got um, when we were talking to Katrina Arana in episode 34, um, the freelance designer, and that was, again, just understanding how some of the decisions are made that uh, we end up in our hands with, you know, like um, the amount of pain applications that a waiver figures is allowed to have and trying to make decisions around the decos to actually fit that strategy. I thought that was all pretty fascinating. And what is actually the colours used in, in designs, um, the initial designs and how they don't always translate to the paint that gets mixed to make the figures because the paints are based on, you know, PMS colours rather than all the colours of the rainbow you can have in Photoshop. I thought all that stuff was pretty interesting and, and helps you understand a bit of what you end up with in your hand. Yeah. Mm. Good. Andy? Uh, highlights for me were some of the discussions that we had, actually. Um, Faves mine was to open or not to open, the great collector's debate of, <laughs> of the ages. That was the, I think that one could have gone on all night. And also the custom discussion. Mm. Um, that definitely could be done in chapters because... Yeah. <laughs> Because that, that went on forever and it could, uh, could still get a lot of mileage. We didn't even start to cover most of the I think Ben got ground. his nose out of joint because I was cutting it short. He had no That's idea right, how yeah. long we were going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was there's all stuff I could still talk about. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. We could really do chapters on that. There's um, a touch on different areas of that. And I'd like to give an honourable uh, mention to the uh, toy retrospective on Firestorm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> that was cool. It I was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Very good. Justin. Well, Andy has stolen my thunder because out of the topics I was going to, uh, not, because <laughs> not because he's in the room, but go on about the Firestorm retrospective as well to actually, um, it's worth to it. own all of them, I guess, yeah. is a pretty big feat, but <laughs> it's uh, good and bad in a way that they only made so many of them. And I missed the trip to Spotlight today to go looking for materials for my uh, 13 inch custom. <laughs> can, I, can I just say on that too, just 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 as an addendum to it, as a Martian man had to collect, I felt a lot better about it after, <laughs> after Eli's retrospective. <laughs> Sorry about it. Yeah. It's good to see he doesn't get respect in the toy community, he gets respect in the fandom, you know, the collector community. That's right. <laughs> it just shows there's a market out there that's not being tapped. That's right. And the feedback? It's good to know that people are actually listening to this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just us and our mothers. <laughs> Pretty sure there's more than us that are recording it that are actually listening to it. Yes, that's encouraging. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, um, interviewing Mark Newman has to be a highlight for me, being such a fan of his. And again, just the generosity um, of his him with his time. And uh, you know, I think that what we sometimes don't appreciate about these a lot of these people that work in this industry is that they're actually fairly isolated you know if you, you know they're working in their own studio or um you know remotely and so they're as keen and happy to chat to us as we are to them which is um really fun so very appreciative of that and um i really have enjoyed the character retrospectives as well i think that's been something that i'm looking forward to doing more of because it's a um you know an interesting way to look at a little slice of what it is that we do and the interaction with the people that are listening you know it's so encouraging for us um, not just the feedback that we've had, but also the activity on our Facebook page and on Twitter. We know that we've got some really loyal um, listeners who always comment, who always give us feedback, mm. um, and that's so encouraging. So thank you very much as well because, you know, to me, this is rewarding enough to do just to 
spend time with these friends, but to actually know that other people are um, getting something out of it as well. When you start off, you don't know if it makes any sense or not, um, you know, <laughs> is good. It's not that we like the sound of our own voices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Much>. <laughs> and um, another highlight for me too has been bringing um, John and Adam into the fold as well. You know, they're both guys that came in at different points where we were having trouble getting a quorum together and both have become really important parts of the the show. So even though they can't be here physically with us, I'm really um, appreciative of what they've done because, you know, we definitely have become a little community um, and the I'm really grateful for this interaction that we have too. Let's leave a gap right here for them to uh, say, thanks, man. Yeah, man, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, three, two, gang signs. <laughs> okay, thanks, John and Adam. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was great. Justin's crying, so oh, yeah, okay. um, I love you, Adam. <laughs> have you ever done a show with Adam? One. Okay, one. <laughs> it was great. It was great. <laughs> you laughed, you cried, it became a part of you. Yeah, yeah but the one where your computer blew up as well. That oh, the one where, second. Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah, I mean, a couple of the highlights looking back that weren't funny at the time were things like um, losing one of Eli's Toys of the Week and having to make him redo it. Sorry, Eli. Um, and then... Being interrupted by assorted pets, children, oh, yeah. children rainstorms, rain uh, kissing puppies. Kissing puppies. <laughs> I have to say that, you know, when you think about bloopers, my favourite still, I think, is from the very first episode with Eli's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to dig that one up and play it again. That was just so funny. Because if you know Eli, the little there was just that little... <laughs> that's, that's very right. Eli. Yes. That's very Eli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it has been great. And uh, we're looking forward to another great year. It is pretty, um, pretty much a, a big accomplishment to to get this many episodes under the belt, week yes. by week. Yep. True. If you think back to when we started at the beginning of the year, and you know, we kind of thought, well, who knows how long this will last? Or if we'll be able to, we just said, let's keep this weekly for as long as we can, and uh, we've done it. We have indeed. Woohoo! Well, thank you, everybody out there. And if you do like our show, of course, there are some ways that you can interact with us. You can go and like our Facebook page. We've passed three uh, 3,500 likes and growing. And that, of course, is facebook.com slash actionfigureblues. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at um, AFBlues. And we are about to hit 700 followers on um, Twitter. So thank you for that. And you can, of course, check us out at our forum, which is afbforum.com, where I post as Scotty, Ben posts as Fish Milkshake, Eli posts as Dozy Muppet, Andy posts as FB, Justin posts as Night Owl, John posts as Engineer Nerd, and Adam posts as Westy. Well done. Woohoo! <laughs> without a script. And, without a script. And uh, we would love to have you joining in as well. We've had a few people join recently and mention that they've come via the podcast. So great. Come and chat to us, and we will we promise to be friendly to you. And, of course, another way that you can help us is by supporting our sponsors as well. So Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and PopCulture.com are uh, very faithful sponsors that uh, help keep our show running and the lights on. And uh, I think we'd be remiss as well if we didn't actually thank our 
partners and families. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, because... And, and our dogs. And our dogs. <laughs> but mainly our partners and families because they give up a little bit of time with us um, on the weekend so that we can... Honey, is it okay if I do the podcast this weekend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this thing. <laughs> oh, you're not recording again, are you? Yeah. <laughs> so huge thank you to them as well. And particularly this year for my family, when I record, it means a reshuffling of people's bedrooms because we're renting a smaller house while we build. So I'm looking forward to hopefully by March next year having my own... Podcast studio. Pod- podcast studio. I'll be flying in every weekend. <laughs> flying every weekend, that's right. But thank you especially to my youngest child who gives up her bedroom so that I can record. And thank you to the whiskey company that supported me at late night while recording. We should try and get a sponsorship deal with them. We should. A I single think... malt would be would be nice. A single malt? There's, there's, Better there's, sponsor? There's a nice distillery in uh, Tasmania. Okay. Yeah. All right. Should we give them a preemptive mention? Because, sure. Yeah, Lark <laughs> Distillery in Tasmania. <laughs> any any other sponsors that we would like to um, preemptive? You know, I think anything freeze a win. Disney, thank you so much for um, sponsoring us next year. Disney. Mars, Mars International, Mars bars, M and M's, all that good stuff. <laughs> Apple. Yeah. Oh, Apple. God, how can I forget Apple? Samsung, just in case. No, <laughs> National Broadband Network, any time would be nice. <laughs> oh, please go to Canberra first. <laughs> Help us out here. Yes, thank you. Yeah. All right. Good night, Argentina. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks for a great year. Yay. I'm waving, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just doing my bit for the post-Christmas podcast. So, Merry Christmas. Hope you all had a great day. Hope you have a safe New Year. Uh, so, on to the topics at hand. My favourite moment for the year, I think the best podcast moment overall, was the discussion on solar-powered toilet head knockers. I thought that was fantastic. That was episode 19. I think Scott was just completely appalled and somewhat ashamed that he couldn't really contribute to a discussion because he had no such thing himself. Uh, it was a really enjoyable evening. Um, the two bests of the year, I think the SH Figure Arts uh, trunks was a really good figure. I'm looking forward to getting mine in the new year. Uh, it's just ridiculous levels of um, interchangeable hands and heads. I think it's got something like 14 hands. I'm not sure if it's inter- uh, sets or just individual hands. Um, it's got eight interchangeable faces, which is just ridiculous. Um, and the other best for the year, I think, was the uh, reintroduction of superhero-based Lego. The Marvel sets and DC sets have just turned out some fantastic options thus far, and they all fit really well into a cityscape. Uh, so that's what I had to contribute. hope you all have a great night recording on Saturday. or oh, sorry, tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon. Um, have a great time and enjoy yourselves. Take care. Salutations, AFB listeners. It's John here with my look back at the AFB podcast in 2012. 
Well, it's been a really great year, and I have to say thank you for to you guys for letting me be part of this. It has been an absolute blast, and it's a high point of my week, both as a listener and for getting to take part. Thank you so much for letting me be part of this. Scott, you deserve all the credit because I know this was your kind of your brainchild, and you put up with everybody during the week, and uh, you know, people behind the scenes don't get to see how much a pain we really are to you, and thank you for that. Um, looking back, um, at the news, one of my favorite items was the pinup styled Wonder Woman statue. I just really love that thing. Um, I love the style of it, and I've been keeping an eye on it and the prices, so I'm hoping to see a pre-order on it one of these days, because uh, I really love that piece. For Toy of the Week, I have to say that I really loved um, Ben's Urataros figure arts uh, figure, because uh, of everybody trying to pronounce that, uh, even that uh, little kind of, you know, became a running joke for a while. For Feeding the Addiction, my favorite segment has been the Bespin loop that uh, Scott bought, listening to him talk about jumping up and down like a little girl in front of his delivery person was really fun to listen to, for sure. Red Carded, I love all of those. There's not one of them that I haven't liked. They just bring a lot of joy to me. I don't know why, but I apparently love really crappy stuff. As for discussion topics, my two favorite have been um, the interviews we've done, either with Katrina Cerise or the Randy Falk interview from NECA. Those were both really high points for me. I got to talk to some people and really learn some stuff, and it was nice to do. I really appreciate being part of both of those. Again, thank you guys for letting me play in your sandbox in 2012, and I can't wait to see what happens in 2013. Peace out, people. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get it? <laughs> it's the very, like, you know, the, the 80s, um, all the sitcoms had a very special episode in the different strokes one. Arnold got touched in the back of the bicycle shop by the uh, Americans will get it. Trust me, it's fine. <laughs> Thanks for the context. <laughs> <laughs> Here's two more red cards to come. I mean, it'd be nice if there was nothing red cardable out there, but also it'd be very boring. So <laughs> I'm sure there's another rich year of red cards ahead. And what are we coming back to? I think we are going to come back with a bit of a wrap-up of um, the year in general. And we'll be right back with a wrap-up of the year in general before we say goodbye. Love your work. <laughs> Doing in five, four, three. And I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were looking at me like, oh crap, am I supposed to be doing this? <laughs> 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 and Let's do it. Let's do it, Cardi. In five, four, three. Sorry for. Uh, am I? That's not even you. I'm apologizing for playing footsie with Justin, and he's not even getting the gratification. But it's the table. Okay. Would you like me to? Oh, there, there you go. That, that is ignoring my. <laughs> <laughs>
I want to disappoint you. All right. Was it good for you? Yeah, I'd rather be touched than not touched. Okay. <laughs> the back of the bike shop. <laughs> <laughs> With <Harmon. laughs> On a very special episode. <laughs>